What's going on, people? This is Michael Hunter. This is the ACC Basketball Report. I uh, got a quick episode for you on this Sunday morning. Didn't uh, didn't go into too many stories, really. Uh, just gave some uh, some game results and my thoughts on each game on uh, from Thursday, Friday, and Saturday evening. A lot of good basketball. You know, I can't wait to see Duke play again. You know, and and, and see if if the level of play that they had was sustainable. That's something that's really interesting to me in the upcoming games for them. Um, I give my thoughts on some individual teams. I thought North Carolina looked amazing against Elon the other night. And, I, you know, there's I, – I, I still, I feel that Carolina is still the way to go. I, I don't think that Duke can stay that high all season. If they do, they'll go undefeated, which I, I don't think is possible. So I, I just don't know if you can sustain that type of energy all season. But really looking forward to seeing the Blue Devils play again. And I, I think that's the first time in my life I've ever said that. I, I've never said, oh, I can't wait to watch Duke play because – Fuck Duke, you know, you know it is what it is. But you know, Bear is a stud. Reddish is fun to watch shoot the ball, and obviously Zion Williamson's must see TV. I'm probably gonna watch every Duke game this year just to see the crazy shit that Zion Williamson does. But <clears throat> and I thought Carolina looked really good. Syracuse is yet to step up and, and play the way that I thought. But I, I go over all this shit in the in the in the episode today. I just wanted to say hi to you guys. Uh, remind you rate rate. Like, review, share, uh, subscribe, retweet, leave reviews, leave good reviews, five-star reviews. If you don't like the show, don't give me a one-star review. Just don't subscribe to the show and be on your merry way. A couple things, notes for the future. I will be on the College Hoop News podcast next week with Tony Patelis doing the week in review for him on Sunday. I will be on the ACC Nation podcast at some point. I've been talking to the guys over there, which I'm pretty excited about. I've never been on that show, but, you know, you guys know that that Will Ogden and I are are buddies on Twitter. So that'll that'll be a fun show to do. And I'm going to have Kevin Sweeney from College Basketball Central on ACC BR a couple days before the ACC Big Ten Challenge to talk about the Big Ten Challenge and... You know, give our predictions on, on how we think it's going to go. I know you guys know how I think it's going to go. So, but we're going to talk about it. We'll see what Kevin thinks. It, it's nice to see. It's nice to have, you know, a guy who's not an ACC guy come in and tell me what he thinks of the ACC because obviously I'm tremendously biased on, on what I see and what I predict and and how I hold the Big Ten as far as in regards to the rest of the conferences in the country. So, uh, that's what's coming up. We are doing two weeks now. Um, you know, Sundays and Wednesdays, trying to keep up that pace as long as the day job allows. That's what you guys are going to be getting. I think you guys are enjoying it. The numbers are going up consistently. ACCBasketballReport.com for content. Those numbers have been crazy lately. So I know you guys are loving, loving what I'm pumping out. And, uh, you know, I'll continue to do my best. So ACCBasketballReport.com for content. SlapTheSign.com for Notre Dame fans. GTSwarm.com for GTech fans. Everybody else, just uh, tell everybody you know. This is the ACC Basketball Report. I'm Michael Hunter. Hey guys, it is I, Michael Hunter, at Picone36 on Twitter. This is the ACC Basketball Report, episode number 41. Uh, 
since Wednesday, had a, a huge slate of basketball, a lot of games to watch. Um, some games I didn't get to watch live, um, but did uh, did get caught up, watched at least some of all of the games that have been played thus far. Uh, a couple quick points of things that have happened since Wednesday. Braxton Beverly did return from his wrist injury, uh, scored 12 points for NC State yesterday in a win. Dewan Hernandez, formerly known as Dewan Huell, uh, has got himself suspended and his eligibility is now in question after a business plan put together by Christian Dawkins, who was recently found guilty of uh, defrauding institutions across the country uh, revol- uh, involving pay-for-play scandals. Uh, Hernandez has been caught in, let's see, Dawkins was planning to pay him $500 a month from September of 2017 to January of 2018, and then uh, $1,000 a month from January of 18, which would actually probably be February of 18, to uh, April of 2018, April of this year. Um, if if he was going to go pro, he wouldn't have to pay the money back. If he did uh, return to Miami like he did, it would then be converted to a loan, which he would be responsible to pay back. Uh, no evidence, of course, that any payments are actually made. This is according to a story uh Broke by Jeff Borzello at ESPN with uh, contributions from Mark Slaybaugh. Um, <clears throat> not a whole lot for me to touch on right there, other than Hernandez is obviously a pivotal piece for Jim Laranega in Miami, and if he is found to be ineligible, then expectations for that program are going to be extremely low, and I don't know if Miami can sustain a loss like that. That said, at current present moment in time, which is early on a Sunday morning, the ACC is 21-0. and Nobody has suffered a defeat yet in the conference. That's why they are the best conference in the land. Uh, some recruiting news. Boogie Regine, uh, Regine Ellis, or Boogie Ellis as he's commonly known by, did commit to Duke at about 10 o'clock on Friday evening. My thoughts on that are on accbasketballreport.com. I did a piece on DJ Harvey for SlapTheSign.com, which was uh, put up about an hour ago, I think. Um, jumping right into the games and some things that I saw. Wednesday night, there was a night off for the, for the league after 10 teams played on Tuesday. So jumping into Thursday's game, Notre Dame gets a win over Chicago State, 89-62. Not a real fantastic game to watch. Uh, one surprising thing was that Notre Dame was actually led by Elijah Burns, who has played very well. Uh, so far, in these two uh, two early games, not a whole lot of competition, obviously, in these early games. They're kind of primers for ACC season and ACC Big Ten Challenge, things like that. But uh, Burns with 15-5, and five, DJ Harvey with 11-7. and seven. Notre Dame only had two turnovers the entire game, which is pretty crazy, regardless of competition. Um, so far, Notre Dame has played well. DJ Harvey looks healthy. Mike Bray has said that he's going to pare down his uh, his rotation a little bit. He is, uh, he's currently playing about 10 guys, so look for that to change. Obviously, that has a, that's a direct correlation to how Harvey has handled his minutes. I don't really know who um, is going to take the hit as far as minutes go. My guess would be either Dane Goodwin or Robbie Carmody. Carmody is an elite defender on the perimeter, um, even as a freshman, so it'll be interesting. Goodwin hasn't been particularly efficient lately. So we'll see if he uh, continues to get the minutes that he does. Uh, the other game on Thursday night was Louisville and Nichols. I watched a little bit of this. Uh, Louisville gets the win, 85-72. Stephen Enoch has played, or he did play, very well, uh, very early. He got the start over Malik Williams, which is interesting. He also started the exhibition game over Malik Williams. 
Uh, he had 15 and 8, something we rarely saw at UConn, if ever. And he looked athletic. He looked similar to the player that we see in international play, uh, which is far from what we see during his years at UConn. Uh, we had heard that he's great in practice, that he shows high levels, high potential, but we haven't actually seen him put it together on the court, and he did against Nichols. Now, again, that's Nichols. It's not fantastic competition, but he did look a hell of a lot better than his teammate, who is a former five-star recruit, VJ King. Um, King went one for six. It just, he just doesn't, I don't know. He doesn't look good. I, I don't know if I've ever seen him look good for extended periods of time. And that's why, that's one of the reasons that I was really down on Louisville in the preseason is VJ King has to grow into that stud. He has to grow into that five-star rating. You know, they, they make these ratings on potential and sometimes they just don't pan out. Now the kid's super athletic. I think he has some talent. He just, I just don't know if he's made for this. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I'd like to see him cause he's, he's the, 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 the physical makeup of the kid is a kid that I would love to watch. You know, 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, athletic, can shoot it a little bit, a monster on the break or a potential monster on the break. He'd be a, a fun kid to watch if he can just put it all together. I guess we'll have to wait a little bit longer to see if he does that. Uh, Louisville shoots 55 free throws in this game. I believe they made 42 of them. Jordan Ward did not start, which was interesting to me. He went 3 for 10 from the floor. Um... That may be a little, uh, maybe he's buying his own reputation. You know, he's, uh, maybe he's reading some uh, periodicals about himself and starting to believe the legend before the legend actually happens. I don't know if that's the case. I don't know if Chris Mack is, is trying to tell him something or or, or whatever, but Jordan Orr will start for this team. Um, he, I think he has to. I, You know, I wasn't impressed with really with Darius Perry. I thought Christian Cunningham and Quan Four both played pretty well. Quan Four is super athletic. Um, really liked what I saw out of him. But overall, I didn't think this Louisville team looked all that great. And I think I, you know, I'm going to toot my own horn a little bit, which I'm going to do again here in a minute. Um, I just, I think I was correct in my estimation of what their capabilities are in the preseason. Okay, moving into Friday night's game, UNC and Elon. UNC kills them 116-67 in a pay game. Uh, Nasir Little, for those who may have been concerned about his potential and his upside and his abilities in the first game when he only had seven points. He had 20.7 rebounds, three steals, zero turnovers in this game, a couple really nice dunks in this game. He is he is a monster. He doesn't have to be a Hall of Famer every night for this team, but you're going to see nights when he dominates the floor. That's just the kind of player that he is. Uh, you know, Cam Johnson with 21, again, showing that he is one of the best players in the ACC. And, I you know, I, I feel vindicated for for having to defend my ranking of cam in the preseason he just constantly hits big shots every time the ball leaves his hand it looks exactly the same he's got the perfect form on his jumper and i you know i could watch the kid shoot all day uh unc made 45 field goals and shot 52 percent from the field um the other thing that was very interesting was this game was actually played at elon so unc that's my goddamn dog who just decided to get up and run around. But uh, UNC has now opened its season at Wofford and at Elon, which, you know, whatever you think of UNC, that takes balls um, <clears throat> uh, as far as scheduling goes. And you don't see a lot of Power 6 conferences or even, you know, the top 10 conferences going to schools like that. And, it, you know, hey, Roy Williams is, uh, is putting it on the table and, and saying, come get it. So, it, you know, it is what it is. I respect UNC for doing that. I think that that's that's cool, especially for students at Wofford, students at Elon, to get out there and be able to see these guys play. To see Nasir Little running up and down the court 
and putting on a show is cool, I think. Um, nobody dared that at UMaine when I was there, certainly. Uh, another Friday night game, Clemson 71, North Carolina Central 51. Uh, Amir Sims continues to play well, averaging about 15 a game right now. They used him a little bit to break the press, which was interesting. Uh, to break uh, NC Central's press, they used Amir Sims and and uh, Shelton Mitchell in the backcourt and kind of moved Marquise Reed up the floor, which is interesting. So they have confidence in him handling the ball. I'd like to see him rebound a little bit better. I think he had two or three rebounds, which not great. Uh, another person... Uh, that I didn't know a whole lot about coming into the season that has actually impressed me yesterday was Javon White. Actually, Friday night, sorry. Uh, I watched the game yesterday. Javon White, I thought, played well. Seven points, six rebounds, couple blocks. They played a little bit of 2-3 zone when he was in the game. I thought he you know, he finished when he got the ball. They looked for him in pick-and-roll situations um, on his dives to the basket. I thought Hunter Tyson showed some, uh, showed some upside. He hit a couple threes in a row. Looked like his confidence... His confidence went up, and then he shot four more threes and missed all four. So, you know, he's got to stay within himself a little bit, but he was a kid that was on my breakout 15, and, you know, he I think he looks good. He's got a really nice-looking jumper. He's a big kid who plays on the wing. I, I think he's I think he's better than Newman. Newman seems to get a lot of the expectations in the preseason. Uh, that's why I had Tyson in my top 15. Newman was not in my top 15. Not big on Newman. I think he is Claude Trapp of last year. You know, similar to that, and I think eventually Trap is going to eat some of his minutes. I really like Tyson going forward, though. Uh, you know, one thing that does concern me, and I think it has a lot to do with Eli Thomas's preseason foot injury. He had a sprained foot, missed a couple weeks in the preseason. Uh, NC Central actually out rebounded Clemson, thirty-two to twenty-eight. Again, Sims not rebounding the wall, uh, rebounding the ball. Thomas is. Uh, I think he looks bigger, stronger, but you know. Obviously, missing time. Maybe his cardio is not up to up to up to snuff. But you know, Clemson, you got to rebound the ball, especially this team. You know, in the first game, they were led by Marquise Reed, who had 13 rebounds. And uh, you know, I just think Eli Thomas and Amir Sims need to need to get that ball rolling and need to take command of, of that particular aspect of the game in order for Clemson to be to be effective. Uh, Clemson, where even did that game? Uh, I actually got a chance to watch. Pit, um, and God, the woman in the stands or behind the, the table, uh, just shut up. You know, as a chick that you know doesn't know shit about basketball, she's just screaming to to scream, screaming at VMI players, screaming out their names, just just being obnoxious. And I understand it's it's the zoo and they have that reputation, but shut the fuck up or or move the mic, something. God damn, it was horrible to listen to. Um, <clears throat> Interesting note here, Jared Wilson Frame did not start this game and came in off the bench, immediately hit three triples, scored 20 points off the bench, led them in scoring. Uh, if he's going to be the spark plot off the bench, I absolutely love him in that spot as opposed to the starting shooting guard. I thought he was horribly inefficient last year. And, you know, six for 10, five for nine from deep, three for four from the line, uh, dished out four assists, grabbed three rebounds, had a steal, had a block. Shit, he could be a monster off the bench. I think that that role fits him. Uh, Malik Ellison looked decent early in the game. I thought Xavier Johnson was the best-looking player maybe Pitt had, uh, apart from Wilson Frame shooting. But Xavier Johnson looks like he was very undervalued by recruiting services. He had 14 points, 10 assists, 4 rebounds, 2 steals, only 2 turnovers, and 0 fouls. He was tremendously impressive. If you're able to get on to the ESPN app, go ahead and check out the first half of the pit game. I, you know, I, I was very impressed. Uh, they started all three freshmen 
Xavier Johnson, Trey McGowan's, Adiese Tony. McGowan's two fouls in the first eight minutes. He never really got rolling in this game. I expect him. I expected him to be the best of the three freshmen, but it's taken him a little bit longer to get acclimated uh, than it is for Johnson for sure. Uh, another Friday night game. Georgia Tech beats Lamar, 88-69. You know, not a whole lot to be said for this game other than. You know, they were expected to win. They open up. I thought, you know, the biggest story of the night is that Mike DeVoe, who had an injury in the preseason, did play 17 minutes, uh, had nine points, a couple turnovers, three fouls in 17 minutes. You know, he's still he's still getting his sea legs, I'm sure, but uh, it's a good sign for G-Tech. He is a legit shooter, something that Tech probably hasn't had in two or three years since uh, since Adam Smith, who was a transfer from Virginia Tech. Uh, Jose Alvarado, 14 points, 5 assists. I didn't think he looked great. He's obviously the leader on this team. They had a lot of trouble scoring when he was not on the court. Uh, Curtis Haywood, who is a kid you guys have heard me talk about multiple times, looks completely healthy. Um, he shot the ball well, 3 for 7 from deep, including a couple that were way deep. And... I'm excited about what he brings to the table for sure. Uh, something unexpected, Sylvester Ogbonda, who has struggled with injuries for the last couple seasons, uh, played 23 minutes, had 7 points, 9 rebounds, did foul out though, you know, not great. Uh, Abdullah Gay, you know, did have 5 blocks. I thought he was tremendous on the defensive end, 5 blocks, 7 boards, he did have 5 points. He showed that little, that little right hook going over his left shoulder that he has... Basically perfected uh, for himself, but you know, fouled out in 12 minutes played, five fouls in 12 minutes. Like, I mean, you gotta be, you gotta be kidding me. He needs to be better than that. Uh, G Tech hits 12 threes, shoots 40% from deep, only 12 of 21 for the line. Which I've been a G Tech fan since '95. I don't ever remember Georgia Tech shooting free throws well. I, I just, I don't understand it. As a program, historically, they are horrendous from the line. Um, you know, maybe that gets better as, you know, DeVoe plays more and, and, and we, we get into that. But, God damn, I, I just, just one year, I'd like to, I'd like to be Clemson and shoot 80% from the line. Just, just once, baby. Just one time. Uh, Miami beats Lehigh 83-62 on Friday. This was a cool game to watch because Miami just shot the lights out. 14-32 uh, from deep. Chris Likes letting it fly. Anthony Lawrence with a beautiful game. This is why... He was in my top 25 preseason returning players. 19 points, 12 rebounds, 2 assists, 3 steals, 3 blocks, 0 turnovers in 35 minutes played. If that's the Anthony Lawrence that we're getting, and they get Dewan Hernandez back, this team is going to be legit. Because Chris Likes is unbelievable as far as quickness, as far as craftiness. He gets anywhere he wants to go on the court. Um, I thought uh, Vasilovich is, you know, he hit 4-7 from deep. He's a legit shooter. Sam Wardenberg is a shooter. Uh, you know, Dengat came off the bench, played well defensively. Looks like he's put on some weight. He's still pretty thin. Uh, interesting to see Jack, uh, Zach Johnson not, not start in this game. I thought that was interesting. But <clears throat> I think, I don't know, I think that's probably a... Uh, a, has, a, has a direct correlation with uh, maybe Hernandez not being in the game. Uh, I'm not sure because Zundu started too, so I'm not sure. Maybe they just want. Maybe they like Wardenberg. Maybe they like going big in that in that starting lineup with uh, with with likes at the point guard. They like to show a little bit of size after him. Maybe they they just like Lawrence at the two guard or Vasilovich at the two guard and both of those guys on the wing and then bringing Johnson off the bench. I'm not really sure. Either way, they looked really good. I was very impressed. Uh, you know, this team already, I said in the preseason that, you know, Newton, Brown, 
and and Walker were obviously their best players last year, but not their best shooters. And unfortunately, those players, given their star power, uh, received most of the opportunities from outside, most of the shots from outside, but they're not very good shooters. Now, these guys, probably not the caliber of player individually, but one thing they can all do is they can all shoot the ball. And 14 of 32, you know, if that's what their offense is going to be, we know they're going to pick and roll. But if, if Lawrence plays like that and Wardenburg and Vasilovic, those guys can score from the outside. And, and Johnson would be, you know, a candidate for six man of the year almost immediately if that's going to be his role. I really like this Miami team. Now, if Hernandez, again, if he doesn't come back, I don't know if that's sustainable. Again, this is Lehigh, okay? That's a Patriot League team. So... We'll see what happens with Hernandez right now. Miami looks really good. I was really impressed. Uh, Gardner-Webb loses to Virginia Tech in Blacksburg, 87-59. NAW played brilliantly, had a couple of really nice passes that, you know, I'm not even a Virginia Tech fan, and I'm, I'm you know, I got up off the couch for a couple. One was to Horn, I believe, on the baseline. It was just, it was a beautiful pass. Uh, 21 points, six boards, five assists, four steals, one block. He's an NBA player. Get your fill of him this year because he's not going to be there next year. Uh, huge surprise in this game, and I thought he played really well, and I did not expect it at all, was freshman Isaiah Wilkins had 21 points. I I'm going to be honest, I didn't know a whole lot about this kid before the game, and he showed out, and I, th- I thought he played really well. Uh, Virginia Tech did turn the ball over 20 times, so you got to tighten that up a little bit. But, you know, you turn the ball over 29 times, win by almost 30. That's that's pretty good. I Virginia Tech needs Cl- Chris Clark back, and, it, you know, I'm not ready to disclose what people are saying, but because I don't, I don't know if it's true, and I would feel bad because – it's a reputation thing, and he's a kid for you know for the most part. They need him to come back, but if he did what some people are saying he did, then he's probably not going to be back. Um, I did hear that it's pretty common practice at Virginia Tech that if you're suspended or things like that, they will remove you from the official website until you're cleared to play. So apparently being removed from the website is not an indication or a... Uh, you know, a 100% guarantee that he will not be back. One thing is for sure, as they move into ACC play, Virginia Tech's going to need Chris Clark. And if they're going to meet the expectations that were set for them in the preseason, they are absolutely going to need Chris Clark. Uh, moving into yesterday's games, I watched a little bit of these games. I didn't have a whole lot of interest. I, I watched more of the uh, the Syracuse game than I thought I was going to have to. They beat Moorhead State 84-70. Um, Ty's battle, you know, he, he shows up after having a rough opening game. 23 points. Brissett with a double-double, 17 and 13. He's looking like an NBA lottery pick early. The, I think the surprise was uh, Eastern Carolina transfer Elijah Hughes, 21 points, 8 rebounds. You know, I said in the preseason he fits that he fits that zone perfectly. He's not a great shooter, but he's a really good athlete. He's really long. He can rebound the ball out of that zone. But, you know, 21 points, that's, that's ceiling for him. And if you know if he's going to give him that, they'll take it. Obviously, Buddy Beheim did not look good for the second straight game. He is now two for eighteen in two games in the season, having a hard time getting acclimated to the ACC and college level basketball. Frank Howard did not play. Um, I was told by somebody over the weekend they didn't expect him back till early to mid December. So you know it's. You know he's going to be good. He's always not obviously efficient. He's not one of my favorite players, but he gives them an option on offense, and you know it gives these younger guys an opportunity to get, see some court time, and it gives Bayheim some depth, which he probably won't use, but at least he'll have it. Jalen Carey did not play well in this game. I think he had two assists, four turnovers. 
and a steal. I don't think he scored a point. And uh, you know, he's a high he's a high pedigree guy. He's going to get it eventually. I think. I don't know if it's a practice thing. I don't know why Bayheim is playing 34. Well, I mean, there's certain things you can point to. I don't think that's the game that Jim Bayheim's playing, that he's playing his boy over Jalen Carey for just because he's his boy. I mean, but maybe it's a practice thing. Maybe Jalen Carey is playing poorly in practice as well as the games, and that's why he's not getting more run. But, uh, you know, whatever the situation, Jalen Carey needs to play better and if he wants to see the floor. Now, because if Frank Howard comes back and he needs to play that point guard role instead of Carey, god damn, you're going to see a lot of that same shit you saw last year. Now, Chukwu in the middle played brilliantly. I think he had six blocks. It was, you know, it was the Syracuse team is going to be good, but Jalen Carey needs to be good. Frank Howard needs to be healthy for them to to be to be as good as people think they they're they're supposed to be. I had them at 4. If if Carey's not good and Howard's not healthy and Buddy Bayheim is not the shooter that his reputation says he was, you know they might be sixth or seventh. Um, I was kind of selling Clemson a little bit prior to the prior to the season, but if Amir Sims is going to play like this, they might move up as Syracuse moves down, as Virginia Tech moves down, um, Miami could move up. Louisville's going to stay right where they are because they are not good. But it's going to be interesting to see how you know the preseason, the preseason, uh, you know predictions hash out as as we start to see what these teams are actually made of. Uh, another game yesterday, North Carolina State destroys was it Maryland Eastern Shore ninety five to forty nine. I only watched this game till halftime. Obviously, the big story here was that Braxton Beverly's back and sporting a very powerful beard. Uh, he scores twelve. At halftime, the Wolfpack were up 51-50, and I didn't have any interest in watching the rest of that game. So, uh, Ian Steer did not appear in this game for whatever reason. I am not sure. They just said that he would be unavailable. And I don't think that he was on the sidelines during the game either. So, I don't know what that means. Uh, this is a front court that is pretty thin to begin with, though I do like what I see from Wyatt Walker. You know what I mean? It seems as if Coach Kevin Keats just said, go out there, set screens, don't turn the ball over and rebound the basketball. Okay, coach. And and that's what he's doing. You know, he's not he he's not his usage rate isn't high enough where he's going to kill this team. He just needs to play smart and not foul and rebound the basketball. And if that's what they're getting out of him, I think NC State has found their guy because he looks he looks decent. I mean, he looks like he belongs except for the fucking ponytail. Uh, he just he looks like he's a decent player. He looks like he's good enough to fit in there. You know, I think uh, that that was an underrated pickup. Him, Javon White, both I thought have looked very good early so far. Uh, Wake Forest beat uh, North Carolina A and T ninety to seventy eight. Wake Forest had six guys in double figures. Jalen Horde with a double double of nineteen and thirteen. Fifty nine percent offensive rebounding percentage for Wake Forest in this game. Olivier Sar had seven offensive rebounds. Again, um, six players in double double uh, six players in double figures. Isaiah Musius off the bench had. Uh, double figures as well. Not a whole lot to say in this game. Uh, A&T is not good. But, you know, I, I continue to be not impressed by Wake Forest. I, I think they have potential. They have talent. Musius is a player. There was a, a couple-minute stretch in the first half where where he was running that game. And, and you know, Brandon Childress is the Brandon Childress that I expected, or at least he was yesterday. So... You know, I, I thought Pitt looked really good from what I saw in the VMI game from Friday night. I think it's going to be interesting. And I'm, I'm a seller 
uh, you know, a basement level team guy. I like to watch those teams. I like to see teams improve. I like to see freshmen improve. Wake Forest and Pitt's going to be an interesting game because Pitt looks like they have completely bought into Jeff Capel's system. Um, they're a small team, but, you know, I think Adiese Tony was playing the four. Um, he did well. He rebounded the ball well. But it's going to be interesting to see a team coached by Jeff Capel who has bought into their coach's, their coach's program play a team that is just kind of, well, you know, might, might as well have a bar stool sitting in the coach's spot. I, I just – it's ridiculous. But, uh, you know, Wake Forest is uh, not good from what I've seen. G-Tech, not good from what I've seen. Uh, you know, th- those big guys, they got to get under control as the foul, as far as fouls go. So, <clears throat> you know, Pitt, Pitt looked better than both, I thought. And <laughs> G-Tech and Wake might be, might be duking it out for last place in the ACC this year. Uh, Louisville, not impressive. I thought Miami looked very good. I thought NC State has looked very good, but they don't play anybody. God damn, go play somebody. I mean, you're not gonna, you don't impress me by playing the Citadel and Maryland Eastern Shore to open the season. Give me a fucking break. Now I understand they got a lot of transfers, they got a lot of new kids. They turned that entire roster around, but go play somebody. You know, fuck the Citadel. No, they didn't play the Citadel, did they? That was Clemson. Who the hell did? Oh, Mount St. Mary's. But you know. Trash. They're an ACC team. Go play somebody. God damn. Duke opened up the season with Kentucky. You know, you know, Carolina went to Wofford. You know, which doesn't sound like. I mean, obviously that's not the same level as Kentucky, but going on the road to a team that beat you last season with one of the most elite shooters in the country, it takes balls. Yeah. You know, um, play somebody. Yeah. I, you know, I'm trying to be an NC. I've been banging the NC State drum all off season, and they open up with Mount St. Mary's. And Maryland Eastern Shore. Give me a break. Uh, Clemson, I like. Uh, Claude Trapp kind of fell off after a nice first game, but Hunter Tyson stepped up. Javon White stepped up. Um, you know, Amir Sims, again, want to see him rebound the ball a little bit better. I thought Miami looked very good. If they can uh, if they can shoot like that. Notre Dame is an interesting team to me. I think they look really good defensively. Uh, Jawan Durham, not playing a ton of minutes, but I don't think they really need him because John Mooney has played very well in his in his first couple games. Um, you know, Syracuse scares me a little bit, but until they get their full rotation in, you don't know what you got. You know, Virginia Tech has a couple NBA guys, you know, another guy that you could put down for, you know, all ACC, ACC first team, possibly ACC player of the year, Dark Horse. You know, in Justin Robinson, but if they if they got to have some front court help, uh, this Isaiah Wilkins kid is is you know had a really nice debut, but you know Gardner Webb, you know that's all I really got to say. So that is the Sunday edition of ACC Basketball Report. Again, go to uh, accbasketballreport.com. Check out my thoughts on the Boogie Ellis signing at Duke. Uh, check out slapthesign.com for the DJ Harvey uh, piece that I talked about, which isn't just about DJ Harvey. It's about some other stuff too. But, you know, it's I think it's all interesting or else I wouldn't write about it. Uh, enjoy your day at football today. And don't forget, like, rate, review, subscribe, share, retweet the podcast, get the word out, accbasketballreport.com, uh, slapthesign.com. Let's make ACCBR the destination for all the news in the ACC that's what I'm here for, fellas. That's what I want to do. I want to provide you with all that good stuff. So, again, like, rate, review, sh- subscribe, share, retweet, all that good shit. On Facebook, ACC Basketball Report. I don't check it that often, but some, but my stuff is automatically posted there if that's how you prefer to read the news. 
at Pecon36 on Twitter. This is the the Sunday edition. Again, we're doing Sunday and Wednesday now. I think it's gone pretty well. The the shows are a little bit shorter. I think last year during the season they were hour, hour and ten, hour and twenty on Sundays because I was reading all the the highlights, my notes, box scores, things like that. It's a lot of information for you guys to take in. But as of right now, I think these are going well. You know, they're between 30 minutes and 45 minutes typically. I think you know that's a little bit better. It's a little bit easier to to sustain. So uh, jump on iTunes, leave me a review, five stars, say nice things, say bad things. I don't care. It just helps me get recognized a little bit, helps my numbers, gets me up there, gets me um, you know, advertisers and sponsors and things like that. Cause right now I'm doing all this shit on the arm because I love it. And I love you guys. I'll talk to you on Wednesday night. Enjoy ACC play today. I don't have the schedule in front of me. Uh, one quick note. I will be on actually two quick notes. I will be on college hoop news for his week in review with Tony Patelis next week on the 18th. So look on YouTube for that. And on the 25th, I will have College Basketball Central's Kevin Sweeney, who is one of the most knowledgeable kids that I I know in the podcast industry. He has a podcast, CBB Central. It's a podcast that I listen to. Uh, He's just another independent. I interact with him quite a bit on Twitter. And Kevin's a really smart guy. He's really into the Big Ten. So he's going to come on on the 25th, and we're going to talk about the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Uh, That should be a great show. Don't miss it again. That'll be the 25th. I'll probably put it out on the 26th. So... Look for that. I'll see you guys on Wednesday night. Enjoy the games today. Later.